welcome to Carmel Presbyterian Church's podcast channel. Open up a Bible or just listen in. We hope this week's message is a blessing to you. Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you. And again, thank you for the, the crew that came out to get the tarp working for us again. We we're so blessed to be able to meet outdoors and together and um, lots to be thankful for. Um, I did want to recognize we, we lost a dear saint from the greater Monterey Peninsula community. Um, pastor Wayne Adams went to be with the Lord as a founding pastor of Cypress Community Church. And um, just want to recognize the, you know, the greatness of how the Lord uses simple, imperfect human beings. And the Lord used his life amazingly. I never got to meet him personally but his legacy lives on, not only through Cyprus, but through many other believers in the community. So, if, uh, you know, one of the favorite songs of Cyprus was this theme song, I believe, called Nothing is Impossible, this wonderful hymn. And the first line goes like this, nothing is impossible when you put your trust in God. Nothing is impossible when you're trusting in his word. And so would you allow me to say another prayer as we go to God's word and ask the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us? Would you join me in this prayer? Well, we thank you for the gift of Wayne Adams and the ways you used him in the ministry of Cypress Church to further your gospel. And may we hope to live as faithful a life with your return in mind as our friend Wayne did. So open our hearts, our minds, our, our very spirit to your word as your spirit speaks to us today. And in your name we pray, amen. You know, as we look at this text today, we see Paul, who, who's grateful to hear from his disciple Epaphras, who, who has been guiding and leading this diverse community in Colossae, these new believers. And Paul is writing, to remind yourself, uh, in prison, from prison. And he was encouraged, though, to hear how all of his work in planting seeds, likely through his disciple Epaphras, how it was sprouting, it was bearing fruit in the city of Colossae. And so give a little example. When my wife, Katie, was the children's pastor at her previous church, she did this great um, kind of uh, children's uh, example in, in the Sunday school class. So she had kids grow sunflower seeds in two different environments. One was planted in soil and was put on the sunny uh, window ledge and was watered regularly. And the other one was put in a drawer. Okay. So guess which one grew, right? And of course, the, the great Sunday school kids, they, when, when, when we ask, how, how, did, how did it grow? It's Jesus, it's Jesus, it's Jesus. And they're right, it is Jesus, right? It is Jesus who is the one who helps us grow. And you know, Colossians 1.4 talks about Paul's encouragement where he says, we heard of your faith in Christ and of the love that you have for all the saints. Paul was encouraged in prison to hear about the agape love that they were experiencing in the midst of very difficult circumstances for themselves. Paul is relishing, excited, encouraged by their growth and particularly their love, their agape love for one another. And then in verse 8, he specifies and reveals the source of that agape love that is a result of their growth. And he says, it's your love in the spirit. He gets very specific that their faith in Christ is growing and their love for one another is showing because of the Spirit. Jesus said in John 14 that he was going away, but that another comforter, another helper, another counselor that would be come to be with us on earth while he, the Lord Jesus, ascended to heaven, sitting at the right hand of the Father. 
He says, I must go away, but I'm sending another comforter. And this spirit is the one who he sent, the one who distributes supernatural gifts, gifts like preaching, gifts like healing, gifts like faith, and even gifts like administration. Go ahead, look it up in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 12. All kinds of gifts that the Holy Spirit does within us as children of God, as as followers of Christ. Now, the opening lines of Colossians emphatically states when you read them that this lasting growth comes from God alone. It's from growing in faith, growing in hope, growing in love that's rooted in Christ that results in grace and results in peace from God the Father, evidenced by agape love for one another in the Spirit. So Jesus' plan for growth for you 2,000 years later is still by the Holy Spirit. And so I want to take some time today to talk about Jesus' plan for growth in the Holy Spirit. Now, let me ask you a question. What if you could actually have an experience of seeing and meeting Jesus today? You could see him and hear him, and he's going to come visit your apartment or your condo or your home today. And when he came to your home, you would tell him, hey, Jesus, uh, we have a pastor named Tim, you might know him, and uh, Tim is helping us go through the series about how people grow, and so Jesus, could you help me grow? Could you give me something to help me grow? What would you expect Jesus to say or Jesus to do if you could talk to him today? Uh, would he heal you instantly? I, I know I'd like that. I got some aches and pains, and I got some family members and friends who could use a healing, or would, would Jesus teach you something? Uh, Would he challenge you to begin a new discipline, to uh, get your quiet time going again, to figure out what that means, to help you pray, to help you serve the poor more? What what would that be? Give you some new talents or new abilities. If you could see Jesus and ask him, Jesus, I want something to help me grow, what would you expect him to say? Well, the last thing that I would expect him to say would be, well, Tim, here's my answer. I want you to grow, so I'm going to have to leave. Bye. Now, I'd say, Jesus, is it my breath? Like, what, wh- why are you leaving me? Is it, why are you treating me like every girl in college treated me, saying, see ya, out of here. <laughs> why, Jesus, why? But leaving is exactly what Jesus did, and apparently it is for your growth. It's his growth plan for you, is to leave in John 16, 7. Jesus says this, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. For reasons that we will only know when we see Jesus face to face one day, Jesus decided to go and work on us by leaving us physically and sending his spirit in his place. He sent the helper to be with us in this earthly realm that we might produce growth that glorifies God. So let me ask you this question. If one year from now you could grow in one significant way, okay, what would that be? If Jesus would answer your prayer, or maybe answer your prayers for some way of growth in this next year, if a year from now you could be radically different, what would you want Jesus to do in you and for you? What would that look like? Because he wants you to grow. So maybe for you, it's to be more generous financially or be more generous with your time or or maybe both. Or maybe for you, you would say, Jesus, I need help being known as someone of joy and not a complainer. Amen, right? I mean, what would be that one way? Maybe it's for you to use your art or your career to be more about God and less about you. 
your success, your resume, your security, your security, your personal identity, your personal fulfillment. What would you want a year from now? What would you tell Jesus? That I, would let, I want to be significantly different. Would it be more about making his name great instead of making your name great? What would be your prayer? You see, because friends, time is short. And we are wise to have an eternal perspective that we are citizens of heaven first. And we're placed on earth for a short time until Jesus returns. And we are to partner with the Holy Spirit every day as we choose to live in obedience to Jesus, praying that the Father's love will be experienced by others through our lives. That's why we are on this planet, that people will get a glimpse of God's goodness through you. That's his growth plan for you, and the only way you can do it is through the Holy Spirit whom he sent. So I want to do this. I want to mention three ways that Paul says the Spirit helps you grow. There's more than this, but I'm just to mention three for this morning. The first way that the Holy Spirit helps you grow is the Spirit initiates and completes the growth process. The Spirit begins the growth process by wooing us to Jesus. And he is working to finish the task. In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11, it says the Spirit justifies us. What does that mean? He declares us forgiven of sin and rightfully identified as heir with Christ. He justifies us. And secondly, he sanctifies us. What does that mean? Well, he completes the growth process until we see Jesus face to face. The Holy Spirit justifies us and sanctifies us, 1 Corinthians 6, 11. So Jesus has left this earth, but he has not left us alone. His very own spirit draws us to God, justifies us, and now lives in us to grow us, sanctifying us. That's the first thing the spirit, Paul says, does for us. Secondly, the Holy Spirit provides security in the growth process. Ephesians 1, 13 to 14 says that we are sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance. You know what that means? That God's justified children are secure. You know, no person can build a healthy relationship without security in the relationship. It's essential to have security in order to grow. In college, I was always hopeful that I'd find the girl of my dreams at UCLA the I irony is I found the girl of my dreams at USC. Like, God's got a real sense of humor, right? My wife, Katie. You know, but along the way, I realized that this particular UCLA girl that I thought might be the one wasn't when she looked at me and said very clearly to me, I would never date you ever. <laughs> so you saying I have a chance is really kind of how I <laughs> interpreted that. So... There was no hope for that relationship because there was no security, right? Now, in all seriousness, studies of Romanian orphans' brains revealed that they had major development issues, but not from lack of food and water. They had plenty of food. They had plenty of water. They had care, but we know what they did not have that caused their brains to have major development issues. They lacked the security of a parent's love. You can't grow without the security of love, unconditional love. You cannot grow in your spiritual life, in your life itself, without any relationship with God, without having security. 
And the Bible says the Spirit is given as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. That our life with God forever is secure as a child of God. See, God wants us to be secure in our relationship with him because humans cannot grow and cannot flourish without security. And the Holy Spirit is specifically the one, the Bible says, who is committed to see your life through the end all the way until you see Jesus again. It's the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you, do you know this security that this Holy Spirit brings? See, I want to mention one thing, because if you look at Colossians 1, verses 22 to 23, some people get confused what Paul is trying to say, because Paul says this, he is now, Jesus, reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him if indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard. Some people would say, Pastor Tim, isn't Paul saying there, though, that a Christian's salvation is dependent on their ability to keep faith? Isn't our salvation conditional on our faithfulness? So I want to do this very quickly to answer that question, because the best commentary in the Bible is the Bible, right? And so let's go to see what Paul says in other parts of the Bible. And you know what he says about salvation in Colossians 1, 12 through 14? right after this section that we read earlier. It describes God's successful mission of sending Jesus to rescue and deliver believers out of darkness and into the realm of freedom and forgiveness. See, God is the initiator of our salvation. And then Paul reiterates it in another letter he wrote, Ephesians 1.4, where he says that God chose us in him before the foundation of the world. That's unbelievable. So whatever Paul means in Colossians 1.23, we know he's not contradicting his own belief that God's rescued and chosen people, that's you and me who have repented and confessed our sins and given our life to Christ, that we can somehow thwart God's sovereign will, that we can somehow get unsaved, unchosen, ungraced. In fact, our own Heidelberg Catechism, that's a great uh, reform document of, of our Presbyterian heritage. It asks this question, what is your only comfort in life and death? You know what the answer is? That I belong body and soul in life and in death, not to myself, but to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. At the cost of his own blood, he has fully paid for all of my sins and has completely freed me from the dominion of the devil. He protects me so well that without the will of my Father in heaven, not a hair can fall from my head. Indeed, everything must fit his purpose for my salvation. Therefore, by his Holy Spirit, he also assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. And so, friends, I want you to know, as rescued, redeemed, sealed, and chosen, secure children of God, the good news is that we cannot out-sin God's grace. Can I get an amen? amen. You cannot out-sin God's grace grace. We're secure. Now, we know that Paul believes the Holy Spirit secures your salvation, and we know Reformed theologians believe the Holy Spirit assures you of eternal life, but what does Jesus say? Let's go to Jesus' own words, John 10, verses 28 through 30, where Jesus says, I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one can snatch them out of my hand. And the Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. And I and the Father are one. Jesus is saying, no one's stronger than me. 
No one can undo my grip of grace on you. That's what Jesus says. Now listen, this beautiful promise of our secured salvation is not a license to sin, right? That's basically Paul's point in Colossians 1.23, I think, is that if you are truly saved, then your life should show faithfulness to God and his ways. And Paul even goes so far to list the specific sins that the church struggled with in their former lives in Colossians chapter 3. Take a look. It's a fun list. Uh, commentator N.T. Wright describes the list as sins that are related to sex or sins related to speech. And aren't you glad that 2,000 years later that we don't struggle with these sins anymore? Amen. Yay. Right? Sins of sex, sins of speech. So that meant that Paul knew if a member of the Colossian church refused to turn away from sinful habits, then it would lead to uncertainty if they were ever saved at all in the beginning. If they have no conviction, if they have no sense of right or wrong, if they have no sense of of even moving in a direction of remorse, then yes, then were you ever really saved? Do you even know Jesus? See, you can't be eternally secure if you aren't secured in eternity. So let me say it this way. Let me ask you. The promise of salvation is for those who have repented and put their faith in Christ alone. Have you done that? See, if you're you're a Christian listening and you're struggling with sin, then it's simple. Repent, right? Invite the Holy Spirit to continue to convict you and to sanctify you. Tell someone that you need help. As a Christian, a secure Christian, I need help. I'm struggling with sin, Now, perhaps you're listening and you've never repented of your sin. You've never confessed your need for a Savior. You maybe have been coming to church and going to Christian camps your whole life, but maybe you've never really given your life to Christ as Lord, as Savior. There's no better time than now to welcome the grace of the Father, professing Jesus as your Lord and Savior, welcoming the Holy Spirit to secure you and sustain you and sanctify you. Now could be that day. You could have been coming to church for years and still never given yourself fully over to the Lord Jesus. We hope you would not leave today or turn off what you're listening to until you confess, repent, invite him in as your Lord. God's grace is free, but as they say, it's not cheap. Turn to him today. Christians and those who are not yet Christians, turn to him today. I've shared how the Holy Spirit first initiates and he justifies and sanctifies us and he comes alongside us. Lastly, he comes alongside us. See, the Holy Spirit provides a partnership in the growth process. Let me mention a few things. This is just a partial list. The Holy Spirit searches our hearts. That's 1 Corinthians 2. He he will correct and convict us. That's 1 Corinthians 4. He leads us and guides us. That's John 16. He will never leave us. That's Psalm 139. I'm happy to give you the notes later if you want them. See, the list goes on and on because the Spirit partners with you to change you into the likeness of Jesus until Jesus returns. He is your partner. He comes alongside you. Now, the Spirit is known as the counselor, the helper. Literally, the word in the Greek is the paraclete, not the parakeet. People confuse this all the time, literally. It's the paraclete. I'm serious. Okay, he is an advocate or one who has your back. I love that. That's a kind of a Timmy definition. He's got your back. The paraclete, the Holy Spirit, has your back. The Holy Spirit comes alongside you in your time of need. 
the late Jackie Robinson. It's his birthday today, and he was the first African-American to play Major League Baseball and a UCLA Bruin. Go Bruins. And today is his birthday, and so while breaking baseball's color barrier as a player for the Dodgers, he faced jeering crowds all the time in every stadium. And Jackie, who was a Christian, chose to endure the hate and later became an outspoken ally of Dr. Martin Luther King. Maybe you didn't know that. Now, legend has it that while he was playing a game one day that the fans began to ridicule their team for having a black player, a black man amongst white players. And Jackie stood there, the reports say, on the infield, kind of downcast, while the fans were jeering the team and him, of course. And then shortstop and the captain of his team, Pee Wee Reese, he came over and stood next to him. Now, Pee Wee, need to know, was from the Deep South, a white man, but he was hugely popular, and the fans grew quiet once Pee Wee stood next to Jackie. Some even reported that his arm he put around Jackie as a sign of support. Now, years later, Jackie Robinson's own wife, Rachel, said, I remember Jackie talking about Pee Wee's gesture that day. He was a teammate and a captain of the team who went out of his way in such a public fashion to express friendship. I want you to know the Holy Spirit, if you're one of God's secured children, does the same for you. He comes alongside you. He is your friend. Jesus himself says, I no longer call you servants, but friends. The Holy Spirit is called the comforter because the Father knew we would need comfort in challenging times. Anyone need comfort? Anyone going through a challenging time, right? You have a comforter a come-alongsider, a helper, a guide, someone who has your back in the midst of the jeers and the toughest of situations. When dark forces accuse you of being unlovable, unusable, unredeemable, remember the Spirit comes alongside you, and He truly is your friend. Pastor Steve Hayner, I never met him personally, but I spoke with him on the phone before he passed away. And he wrote these wise words, kind of as one of the last things he shared with a group of friends as he faced his own impending death. He wrote these words. I'm going to share the whole thing. If you want a copy, just email me. He says, when Jesus is all you have, you soon discover that Jesus is all you need. God created us, Jesus has redeemed us, and the Spirit transforms and gifts us for everyday life. It is Christ who gives us meaning, purpose, worth, security. Only in Jesus will we find abundant life, which we experience now and will last forever. I'm in the process of losing everything that I have known, but I will never lose what God has given me in Christ. As long as I have life on this earth, I have a call. Over my lifetime, I've had many roles to play and many jobs to fulfill, but it is not the particulars that ultimately matter so much as the underlying call to be faithful. God has called me to follow Jesus in everything I do, to love the way that Jesus loved, to listen to the Holy Spirit's promptings, and to be obedient to God's commands. No matter how sick I become, I still have a call. God will never give up in his work to transform me into the likeness of Jesus. I fail, I fail every day at being and doing what God has intended, but God has promised to use everything in my life to continue the process of helping me to become more like Jesus in my thoughts and attitudes and behaviors. God loves me too much to give up on me. Therefore, God uses my circumstances, whatever they are, to continue the process of transformation. 
Joy is not about my circumstances, but rather about being held and sustained by God's love. Nothing can ever separate us from the love of God. Not suffering, not want, not abundance, not sin, not anything. God loves us from the beginning to the end and through every circumstance. And if there's one thing that I can trust, it is God's love for me in Christ Jesus. Friends, I just want to end by saying the Spirit gives us the power to live and to grow and to die well. Do you know this Spirit? Do you know this friend? Would you pray with me? Lord, I know you know the hearts and minds of everyone here today, those listening. Lord, we pray that you would continue to woo those who have never repented and confessed and invited you in as their Lord and Savior. Would you continue to prompt in their hearts and minds right now. And I pray for many of us Christians who, as we continue to struggle with different aspects of sin in our life, would you help us to hand it over to you, Lord? Invite in your sanctifying power by your Holy Spirit. Convict us, stretch us, encourage us, help us to know we're secure in you until the very day we will see you face to face. So come, Lord Jesus, come. Help us to be faithful on planet Earth, showing the goodness of your love to a world that needs to hear it and see it and experience it. Lord, use us to point to you. We ask this in your name. We ask this by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about Carmel Presbyterian Church, visit our website, at www.carmelprez.org or any of our social media pages. Have a blessed rest of your week.